The views or opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the authors and do not necessarily represent those of our non-existent sponsors. Coming to you from an undisclosed location thousands of fathoms beneath the sea, this is the Deep Dive Podcast. All ahead, one-third. Up scope. Battle stations. Battle stations! Hello, divers, and welcome once more to The Reason Your Life Has Any Meaning, the Deep Dive Podcast, recommended as a sleep aid by four out of five narcoleptics. <laughs> My name is Tom Feeney, writer for Wingstop Movie Magazine, latest issue now available on Amazon.com. And with me is, as always... Hello! You want to do a little more than... You want to, like, say your name and stuff? Uh, je m'appelle Amanda. Oh, boy. Mm. Okay, so I see what you're doing there. <laughs> Manda. <laughs> so... You said foreign. I know, I know, I know. All right, fine. So, this is Manda... My co-host, who will be doing the entire podcast en français. We? Oui. No, it's down the hall. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Shall we begin? Yeah. Yes. Uh, now, as Americans, we tend to think we have a monopoly on all things wonderful in the world. Of course. The best of everything. The best hot dogs, the most Arby's locations, the greatest concentration of serial killers per capita. You get the idea. When it comes to movies... American tastes tend to head straight for its own shores. Even if you love foreign films, your local megaplex barely gives them a decent shot at being seen. Mm. But with streaming media, thousands of foreign-made films can be enjoyed at any time. And that's our deep dive for today. We're picking a few of our favorite foreign films on streaming media. Mm-hmm. Manda, what have you got for us? Well, I can't do the accent. Um, but Yeah, we know. <laughs> First choice, um, movie called The Wind That Shakes the Barley. It's a really lovely film. Ooh. 2006, um, starring Killian Murphy. Um, I know last episode we talked about uh, zombie flicks, and I mentioned 28 Days Later. He's actually in that movie. Oh, yeah. I think it really made him. I'm not quite sure if that was his first film, but he was excellent in that. He oh. didn't talk a lot, but it was excellent. He was also the Scarecrow in the Batman movies. Yes, he was. He was really good in that. And yes. uh, what was that movie, Sunshine? Hmm... Don't think I've seen it. Okay. Yeah. Sci-fi movie. Yeah. That may really fit me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got it. Okay. Um, so, backdrop, right? 1920s Ireland. If you know anything sort of around that time, it's really a, a brutal sort of Civil War-esque going on. But a lot of it is the Irish against the British. The British are dominating. They, of course, are the entire empire. And they want to force the British into, or I'm sorry, the Irish into a sort of like very passive like you will do what we tell you the king the monarch is the ultimate sort of power and you know what that just doesn't go well people don't like being forced into these little pigeonholes especially the irish yes yeah potato farmers <gasps> hey, Racist. i'm irish i can say these that's things. true you are that's i'm true. gonna go have a drink I'll be <laughs> yeah anyways basically families are torn apart by their loyalty to either home and country or crown and country from the acclaimed director ken loach if we pursue this, every child in this country will have an equal chance. Will you be all right, Doctor? You. Comes a story of defiance. They take one out, we take one back. Sacrifice. 
We cannot stop until we complete freedom from Britain. And one nation's fight for independence. The most powerful country in the world threatens war. I tried not to get into this war. And did. And now try to get out. And can't. Really, that comes down to, um, as many of these things do, monopolies on money, on food, mm. on weapons, on um, really education, jobs, that kind of thing. And so if you are loyal to your family and to your country, you sort of join the IRA. <laughs> yeah. And if you are not, you join the sort of um, British outpost forces in Ireland and you become, you know, the lackeys of, of the British army and people don't like you. And, you know, basically it's, it's that kind of mentality, but it's very, it's very dark almost. It's very, um, deep and you get sort of ingrained in this one family who have many member members who are uh, sort of fighting on either side of the war um, and you follow different stories but really um, Killian Murphy is he starts off as a very sort of meek and um, you know kind person but over the years has been really hardened by what he's seen what he's done to the point where you know at some point he kills people and has no Ooh. remorse from it and wow. and that in itself must be a really uh hard thing to grasp right because we don't of course we don't do that um we don't just go around killing people but uh, at different times we're talking like a hundred years ago uh, almost wow almost a hundred years ago 1920 it's like yeah 2019 yeah that blew my mind side note when i found out that my ipod was almost 10 years old this year i almost lost it you, you lost your ipod well yes but also like i was like crazy oh my god i've had my ipod for 10 years you still have it yeah it's somewhere Okay. Yeah, somewhere in like, you know, one of these radiation chambers. Um, okay. <clears throat> so basically, uh, it's a fantastic movie. It is set in Ireland. It is done by um, the Irish director who also, believe it or not, directed the Interview with the Vampire movie. David oh. Geffen, I believe his name is. Okay. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I believe it was him. But um, by the way, love that movie. Didn't love the follow-ups, but love that movie. Um, ratings. IMDb gave it a 7.5 which is pretty high. Metacritic gave it an 82. Um, I'm giving it a 9.0 because I love history. Um, I love the cinematography of this movie. It's got this palette of color that is, sure, brown, greens, tans, and sort of what you expect from the 1920s era. And Ireland. And Ireland, right? Lots of fields. Mm -hmm. um, but I, it was just an amazing amazingly filmed movie and I thought all of the directorial cuts and the scenes were really put together really well and I really quite enjoyed it. As, as sad of a film as it was, um, I thought it was really great. So available to watch on iTunes. You can rent it for $3.99 on YouTube. You can also watch it on the Stars app if you have a subscription. Um, what's funny about the Stars app too, and think in particular, is that their entire catalog is typically available all times of the year, which is pretty cool. Wow, yeah. Yeah, so as long as you pay for that sort of service on either your cable or you actually pay it for it independently, um, you can get all that uh, everything that they, that they have titles to. Um, right now, they're offering a special promo where it's $5 a month for three months. So you could... Basically, they're they're trying to push Outlander a lot, which, hey, don't get yeah. me wrong, I love Outlander. That could be an entire episode so, of just me talking about Outlander. Such a great bodice ripper, that one is. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. Um, but yeah, check it out. Stars app is great. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic film. It was currently, uh, not not currently, excuse me, it was on Netflix about six months ago or so. Um, but if you can find it, just check it out. It's a great movie. Sounds uh, very uplifting. 
Um, I gotta be honest with you. Both of my choices are not necessarily uplifting. I'm shocked. <laughs> okay, let me move on to my second one, if that's okay. Sure. Because this one was really, really good. This one kind of, it tugged at the old heartstrings. It, I'm sorry, what was that again? Yeah, never mind. Anyways, um, it's called Les Gardiens, or, okay, or also known as The Guardians. <laughs> It's in French. It's totally a foreign film. It's in French. <laughs> it came out a couple years ago. <laughs> um, all right. Plot. Backdrop. World War One. Obviously not sad. I mean, not happy, right? <laughs> not no, a happy time. Not a good time. <laughs> um, Unless you're a fan of mustard gas. Ooh, ouch. I do love mustard, though, on turkey sandwiches. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like, sometimes, like, spicy brown mustard is nice. Mm. Depends on what kind of turkey you get, though. Yeah. Tangent. Um, essentially, it follows this family of women. There's the matriarch, then there's a couple of women, uh, daughters that she has, and then also a maid who, during this time of, like, extreme uh, sort of poverty, with all the money being going towards the war, needs a job, and this family actually has resources to to fund her, her job, her appointment. So they all get together, and essentially they have to find ways of, you know, um, working on the farm, creating um, sort of household objects to use you know doing all the cooking as always but you know taking care of the chores that were typically sort of geared towards the men the men of the family the the patriarchs the ones who the breadwinners basically right all these men are being sent off to fight in the war so it's now up to the women to do all that side note i think there's a show on netflix called the land girls which is essentially the same premise um but that i think is a long-running series which you can check out i think it's still on netflix too but anyways um this sort of follows the beginning of the war and sort of the intermediate period where the women are getting used to their new roles and then sort of the the end where they're completely independent they don't necessarily need their husbands or their sons or their brothers to help till the farm to to you know do whatever they have to do around the house or and then the men are coming back obviously there's an undertone of post-traumatic stress disorder there's shell shock kind of thing there's um you know just hardened men who are basically not the same they now have to fit themselves back into their traditional roles but yet the entire world has changed now for them so it's really about the balance of of women um you know encouraging themselves but also drawing the men back in and finding this symbiotic relationship without necessarily taking all the power away from the women that they have very rightly hard earned right um for ratings uh, 6.9 for imdb uh, 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, yeah, it's pretty good. I think it was actually widely accepted by many critics. Um, Meta, Metacritic, in fact, gave it an 81%. Wow. So that's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. I, I like when Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes are kind of like on the same level because it really stands to critics and then also people. Yeah. <laughs> Regular people. Right. Which, you know. You know. Critics are not regular people. They're really not. They're yeah. paid to be mean. I truly believe that. Mm. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. But wow. like, but like you know, the average schmo watching this movie and got all this out of it, and you can read their reviews. It's actually quite endearing. But I'm giving it a nine because out of all of my movies in the last probably like, I don't even know four or five episodes, it is probably by far my favorite so wow. far. Okay. Yeah, it really made me feel empowered. It made me feel kind of sad, but also like hopeful the the problem really becomes is that these women have no idea that the next world war is happening in the next 20 years so it's gonna happen all over again mm. you know like rosie the riveter yeah. that was made hugely popular obviously during world war ii yes and i think these women think it's kind of like a one and done not realizing that this is mm. going to keep happening 
Um, so you can check it out on Amazon. You can get it for 99 cents uh, to rent it on Amazon Prime. You can get it on Apple iTunes um, for, I believe it was $3.99 for a rental, and also on YouTube for $3.99 for the rental. Um, if you can find it, though, and buy it on Apple iTunes, I seriously recommend just keeping it in your, in your sort of inventory because it's one of those movies that you can watch when, you know, yeah, sure, things are a little bit down. You're kind of a little bit, like, sad about what's going on currently, but you get this feeling of, like, it's not impossible. You know, you mm. can survive okay. these things. Okay. So, yeah, that one's all in French, by the way. So, so qualifies. Oh, what's, and uh, what was the name of it again? <laughs> it's called The Guardians in yeah. English. En français. Oh, oh. Les Guardians. Yeah, that doesn't help. No, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I ain't no French fry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just kidding. But anyways, that one's all entirely in French. Of course, it is subtitled. Yes. Um, and it fits the genre of foreign film. While the first one I talked about isn't actually in, well, some Gaelic is spelled, or not Gaelic, what is the Irish? It's um, Gaelic. It is Gaelic, right? Yeah. Some of that is spoken, but obviously by the, the folks who are, older folks who are just stuck in their ways kind of thing, mm. and refuse to speak English out of, out of spite. Um, but the majority of that movie is in English, so you don't necessarily okay. need subtitles. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, those are my picks. I know that they weren't very happy. I know that they weren't necessarily, like, super joyful. But I think it's important that, because not only are they historically, mostly historically accurate, um, it's we're kind of coming to that time now in the world where I think the challenging the idea of traditional roles is what we should do and what we have been doing. Mm. And these movies definitely do that. Whether it's, you know, challenging um, an overarching sort of monarchy or challenging a patriarchy, right? Okay. So, nice. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'm going to turn things around just a little bit here because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to go in a bit of an opposite direction and go completely bonkers oh. with my picks. That's a normal? That is normal for me. Okay. All right. Because cool. I tend to go for the weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, but here's something that um, <clears throat> you did not know coming into this podcast. Uh-oh. My, my first pick is also called Guardians. No kidding. Guardians no of the Galaxy. Kidding. No, it is not that, because that is not a foreign film. Space doesn't count <laughs> as being foreign. Um, so my pick is just called Guardians. Okay. The actual title is, and I'm going to butcher this, is Zaschitniki. Zaschitniki. Chicken so, wings? Yeah, no, chicken nuggets. No, okay. something like yeah. that. But uh, the actual translation of that word it's russian okay that yeah. means defenders but yeah. yeah they're called that for the american release it was called guardians i'm sure in no way to make it sound like guardians of the galaxy but yeah but that's another that's another yeah. debate so this is actually a, a, a quite a recent film 2017 okay yeah so as we have all seen over the past decade one of the most popular movie genres is, of course, the superhero film, mm -hmm. right? We've had, you know, so many uh, superhero movies over the past, you know, 10 to 15 years. The you entire know. Marvel series. Yeah, the yeah, we've had the Avengers, we've had the X-Men, we've had the Fantastic Four. Much said, less said about that, the better. Which one? Um, yeah, yeah. Any, of <laughs> any of them, really. So, <clears throat> you know, we've got superheroes and we've got super teams, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So why does America have to have the monopoly, once again, on... Superheroes or super teams. Well, guess what? We don't anymore. Mm -hmm. Because this film, Guardians, is actually a Russian-made superhero movie. I have two weeks to search all of the former Soviet Union for the superhumans that can stop a supervillain. 
Exactly right. These people are our only hope. What's the name of the mission? Guardians. I've been waiting for this for half a century. There's no coming back. For all of us. My darling dream. So, essentially, uh, there was this, this Russian superhero team that was formed during the Cold War, right? They were uh, created by a mad scientist who gave these individuals these weird powers. Okay. Uh, and also, they are, they're pretty much immortal. They don't age, right? So, uh, after the Cold War ended, they all went their separate ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the scientist... <clears throat> Um, this, the, the crazy scientist went nuts, of course, because he's mad scientist. Mad goes with scientist. Um, <laughs> and he went rogue and started doing weird experiments and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and so the Russian government tries to stop him. And so he basically blows up his own lab to prevent from being, you know, captured. But the explosion splashes him with chemicals and all kinds of stuff and turns him into a supervillain <laughs> that can control, uh, control machines. Like, okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, it gets better from here. So uh, now the the superheroes are reunited mm-hmm. uh, so that they can track down and defeat this supervillain who was the scientist that created them in the first place. Because they're immortal. Yes. And okay. they basically, yep. this is, takes place in the present day. Oh, I see. So yep. Yep. since the Cold War ended, they've all been, they've all been pretty much the same. Just hanging out. Just hanging out, doing their own thing. Yep. Meanwhile, the government calls them all back and says, we need your help to find this crazy guy and defeat him before he destroys the world and all that fun stuff. Uh, so they, you know, they meet, they fight, lots of special effects later, you know, things happen. Yeah. So now what I like about this movie, it's so, it's just so amazingly cheesy, right? <laughs> the special effects are cheesy. The characters right. are, I mean, you, you got to, from a cultural standpoint, it's really interesting what they did here with mm. these characters, these superhero characters, because they are all sort of Russian archetypes, and each hero comes from a different part of Russia, like a different region. So, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you these sort of characters right here. I'm gonna okay. talk about these characters. The first one, and I, I did not make these names up. Is there, I guess these are Russian translations loosely into English. Landman. <laughs> Landman is from Armenia, okay. and he can control rocks with his mind. Okay. He can even like form like a rocky skeleton around himself to like fight and stuff like that. Uh, so that's Landman. Then we have Windman. Not what you think. Doesn't you know pass a lot of gas or anything. So Windman is from Kazakhstan. Oh yes. And he's a speedster. Who uh, so he can run really fast and he's got these blades and knives. I see. So he's really fast and you know all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, then we have Water Woman. Okay, mm-hmm. she's from Moscow. She can manipulate water and take on a liquid form. Okay. Right. So basically, she she can be defeated by a large sponge or some paper towels. I'm thinking. <laughs> Brawny to the rescue. Exactly. <laughs> So my favorite character is Wild Man. <laughs> he is essentially a werebear. So not a werewolf, a werebear. A werebear. A werebear. Not a care bear, but a werebear. So he can turn himself into a half man, half bear creature. Oh, okay. At will. He's not hanging out in Providence, Massachusetts. Not that kind of bear. Not that kind of bear. Wow. Okay. 
Okay. You shocked you went there. Yep. Um, so, yeah, he's a half bear, half man kind of creature. I guess his weakness is salmon. I don't know. Um, but this movie is bad in the best possible way. Oh. The acting is absolutely terrible. The dubbed English, it's not subtitled. Uh, the version that is available is dubbed. Oh, and the, the English voice actors all sound like they've been taking way too much cold medicine. It's just, it's the worst. The effects are bad. The story is derivative. It's just, oh, we got to get everybody together. We're going to fight the bad guy. He looks like he's going to win. Oh, he's not. And it's like, eh. But it's just so earnestly bad. It's like they're really trying. They're really right. trying to make this Russian superhero movie just like the Avengers. And, you know, be really successful and all that. And it's just, no. No. It's not cool. It's not cool. But it's fun to watch. You know what? So my recommendation for this is to, do, to get yourself a nice bowl of borscht with sour cream on top. Ooh. Sit down and watch Guardians. Collusion never felt so good. <laughs> now, the movie oh. gets a 4 out of 10 oh, on wow. the Internet Movie Database. <laughs> wow. And a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm actually kind of surprised it's that high, to be honest. I know, I know. <laughs> but it's available for free on Amazon Prime if you mm-hmm. have a subscription. And it's available for rental on YouTube, Google Play, and iTunes. This is a really weird <laughs> cultural thing because it's basically it's a Russian movie made in the so made in the former Soviet Union, and it's a Russian superhero movie. So if you get a chance, please, please, please watch this because it's just so silly. <laughs> it's interesting that I bet they couldn't actually charge to, to watch that movie because it sounds like the plot of Captain America. It does. It's it like does. The entire three movies. And you know what? Even the Russian audiences hated it. It bombed in Russia. Where are they trying to get to? You said they were Russian. Oh. <laughs> no. That's okay. I'm gonna edit that. One part for the Ruskies, eh? I'm gonna edit that. Out. <laughs> right. I'm so good oh, with accents. I should keep doing man. this. Yeah. No, you shouldn't. Next time um, we'll be Australian. Uh. Hey. <laughs> No, that's not it at all. It's um, g'day. Yeah, okay. Right. So my second uh, piece of cinematic flotsam from another country is something called Big Man Japan. Now... Godzilla? No, 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 but close. Uh, now, I know this will shock you, but it was made in Japan uh, and released in 2007. So I have been a fan of Asian cinema for decades, you know. Um, To choose one film to highlight here was really just insane. And, and, you know, so I had to pick something, but this is it. I could do an entire separate podcast strictly dedicated Mm -hmm. to movies that originate from that continent. In fact, Manda, I quit. (laughs) Okay, I'm back. And we should do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So probably my favorite thing about Japanese fantasy movies is that nothing is off limits. Doesn't matter how insane it may seem, it can happen in these movies. Logic, reason, even physics just go right out the window. <laughs> uh, best of all, audiences there will pretty much buy any premise you throw at them, which is why you know we're treated to films like Big Man Japan. So it's kind of like one of those mockumentaries, okay? You know where uh, you know the first person camera and there's like interviews with like you know people in in the city and all that, and it's basically the story of a man named Daisatos. Mm-hmm. And he is one of the last defenders Japan has against giant monsters like Godzilla and things like that. So mm-hmm. that's his, that's his thing. He is he is a you know uh, a hero essentially, mm-hmm. but 
Now he's a paunchy middle-aged loser who, in times of need, still transforms into a giant man baby with a huge stick. That's his thing. Big, fat man baby with a stick that he beats down giant Japanese monsters with. Oh, man. So, yeah. But, honestly, the movie is really about his life when he's not doing that. Uh, Because, basically, he's kind of considered a loser by Japan. Mm. You know, he's like the last one of these people who, like, transforms and, like, and starts beating up on the monsters and everything like that, causing all kinds of property damage, which does not make him popular. Mm, Um, And his agent wants him to do all these crazy endorsements to make money, and he doesn't want to do it. And he's dealing with a grandfather who has Alzheimer's. And the grandfather also transforms into a giant man baby with a dirty diaper on. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They go there with this movie. It is truly bizarre. It's like beyond the realms or the capacity of my brain. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, and it works. It works. And they will, like I said, a a Japanese audience will pretty much buy into anything, which is great. They have have the greatest ability to suspend disbelief I have ever seen in an audience. Hmm. And that allows the filmmakers to come up with some really crazy stuff. Sure. Like Big Man Japan. Um, It is a comedy. Yes. Okay. Um, And very funny. It's a very funny movie. Uh, but it also does have a lot to say about family relationships um, and the disposable and sort of fickle nature of being a celebrity. Mm. Because he, this guy, Daisatos, used to be, you know, a popular monster killer and all that back in the day. But now it's just like, mm, it's old news. And, you know, he's just now living a kind of a sad life, mm. uh, occasionally having to come out and, you know, beat up monsters with his big stick uh, and, and do that whole thing. So it's, it's a really weird um, tone mm. for a movie, but, you know, it's got a, it does have a lot of heart in it. And it's just, it's very interesting to kind of, as, just as a, as a cultural piece, mm-hmm. to kind of see, you know, what, you know what, what people think about celebrity in Japan and how sure. that works. You know, and I, I, just, I just thought it was a very, very kind of interesting movie that covered a lot of different bases. Um, it's weird, to be sure, and it's yeah. not for everybody. <laughs> but I really, really like Big Man Japan. Yeah. Now, this uh, this movie gets a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Mm-hmm. And actually a pretty decent 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, it's it it's not a, a bad good movie it's it's a you know it's a good movie right it's just weird sure super (laughs) weird and that is barely scratching the surface of like and like i said later on we hopefully will be able to do some more about asian films but uh yeah it's just you know visually it's just really bizarre now the name big man japan is that one of those like weird really bad uh english translations or was it truly named big man japan i think that's pretty much the straightforward uh translation of it right um, because he basically turns into a big man in Japan, in Japan. <laughs> to fight off big giant monsters right, right, in Japan. Right. Yeah, there's a new so, Godzilla movie coming out too. There is, yeah, yeah. with uh, uh, Millie Bobby from, Brown yeah, from yeah, Stranger yeah, Things. Yeah, good, 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 it should be very interesting. You know, I mean, I, I I like Godzilla. I was never a big Godzilla fan growing up. Yeah, not really wasn't my thing. Like the the kind of those big monster movies. Yeah, um, but I do appreciate them. You yeah. know, for what they are. I mean, because the original Godzilla was basically a response to uh, World War II, the, the the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Right, right, right. Um, you know, this big giant 
like nuclear breath monster that comes <laughs> and destroys, you know, cities. It really was kind of a, a metaphor for the atomic bomb. Uh, so yeah, I mean, those, those kinds of movies, you know, the man in suit, mm-hmm. which is always like, you know, that's what you want from a Godzilla movie. You don't necessarily want CG for that. You want, right, man right. In, you want a man in a rubber suit. Kind of like the Power Rangers and all that. Yeah, yeah, the Power oh, man, Power Rangers. We could do a whole episode on Power Rangers. Yeah, we could do several episodes on Power Rangers. Oh my <laughs> God. Uh, so anyway, um, Big Man Japan is actually available for free on Tubi. Yeah, I love that app. Uh, and it is available for rental or purchase on Amazon Prime Video, Vudu, and iTunes. Mm. So if you are uh, interested in this kind of thing, this is actually a pretty good movie to kind of get started. Um, but that's just not even scratching anywhere near the surface of what is available from not just uh, Japan, but from China, from Thailand. Uh, basically, all of these Asian countries have their own a really interesting film industry, Korea. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of material there. So if you are at all interested, uh, check it out. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a it's a fun rabbit hole to go down to. They have a lot of horror movies too, which I've heard are amazing. They do, they do. Like I said, because they are not afraid to really go for it. Yeah. In terms of story and plot and special effects, you'll find a lot of really twisted stuff yeah. there and uh you know depending upon what you can pretty much stomach you can find pretty much anything that you know Ooh. yeah there's some good stories regarding some of the more nasty elements of asian cinema out there <laughs> yeah Oof. Okay. so oh, uh, yeah yeah but you know uh foreign film really the, the thing of it is the foreign film is no different in a lot of ways from american film because there are all genres, all types of films uh, for all tastes. And, you know, if you're one of those people, and I have met these people before in my life who will tell you that, oh, you know, I don't like to read subtitles. <laughs> I, I don't want to read. I just want to watch a movie. Oh, Get over yourself. All right. <laughs> just, you know what? I, I can honestly say that I have watched a lot of movies with subtitles. And when I remember watching the film in my mind, I don't remember the subtitles. Yes, yeah. They're talking in they're talking in English to me right. when I remember these films. So you know what? Just uh, just try it. Watch the film with the subtitles. I guarantee you, you'll have a good time. Yeah, I suppose so, it's really about how it makes you feel. Exactly. And that's sort of what dictates a film over anything, really, whether it's foreign or not. Yeah, emotions don't need subtitles. All right, you'll get it. <laughs> you'll be okay. Just, you know, pick something good and just let it happen. <laughs> Go right. with the flow. Go with the flow. Exactly, exactly. So, Amanda, any other thoughts, feelings, hopes, fears, dreams? Well, no. Okay, wow. <laughs> that was uh, that was abrupt. Hey, we were talking about being honest, and I had to be honest. Okay. Just, no, I feel nothing. Note to self, tell Amanda to not be as honest. <laughs> Okay. All right. Just gonna yeah. write that down. Okay. Yeah. All right. Listen, I got. I have. I have a little bit of a bone to pick. I'm just gonna say that. Oh, right. here we go. Yep, yep. 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 I've heard from a lot of our listeners, and mm. we have a lot of listeners. Yeah. Three. Yeah, three of them. That um, we really gotta nail this ending. We really gotta do it. I don't know. I mean, you know, we've tried it. I know it's we've a lot of pressure. It. I know, but you can do it. I believe in you. Well, like Godzilla once did. You can smash that ending. I don't get that. Um, 
didn't work. I'm sorry. All right, all right. Let me just uh, let me get to my uh, let me get to my ending here. Uh, all right. So that concludes this particular installment mm-hmm. of the Deep Dive Podcast. Thank mm-hmm. you to all three once again of our listeners. <laughs> Keep those cards and letters coming, uh, or any cards and letters at all ever. That would be nice. Yeah. Uh, so from all of us here in the bathosphere, we wish you good streaming. Um, oh, stay tuned to the station for the Fish and Magician, uh, where you're going to learn how to scale a largemouth bass with a playing card. Um, but, you know, for us, we're getting ready to, to do our thing. Are you ready, Manda? I'm ready. All right. Born ready. Three, two, one. End of trans- transmission. Ha <laughs> ha! Special thanks to Spirits of the Symphonic and EchoCraft for our amazing theme music. Links to both artists can be found on our website, thedeepdivepodcast.podbean.com. If you like us, you can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, Overcast, or wherever fine podcasts are found. The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Media.